All right, let's get in. Uh, turning your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 18 through 25. When I read it, I'll be using the New King James Version. It'll also be up on the screens. And uh, follow along in whatever translation you have. One more time, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. So it's the most wonderful time of the year as far as I'm concerned. Um, I know people have mixed feelings about this, but I love Christmas. Anybody else love Christmas? Uh, listen, I love the colors. I love the decorations. They just make me happy. I feel like Elf sometimes from the movie Elf. It's just like, Christmas! This is great. I love the, the, I love the Christmas movies. And of course, the music, something so special about the music. I know they start way too early sometimes and, and uh, the replay in the retail stores uh, can sometimes get on your nerves, but not, not really for me. I love it. It puts me in a good mood uh, to think about all things Christmas. And listen, I got to be honest with you this morning. Uh, I love giving and receiving gifts. Uh, that is my, a lot, one of my love languages. I love the giving and receiving, and in fact, I probably like giving as much, if not more, than I do receiving. See, it's such a great feeling for me uh, to watch someone get excited because they actually love something that I got for them. Um, and so most of you know that I'm the youngest of 13 in my family, and so uh, like you've heard, I grew up poor. In my home, we never had much of anything as far as gifts during Christmas, and unless you consider the annual socks and underwear an awesome gift for a child. Uh, in fact, the one memory that I recall, the one memory that I have of uh, opening gifts as a child was the one year that my oldest sister uh, showed up for Christmas uh, with a trash bag full of Christmas gifts just for me. I will never, ever forget that. You have no idea what impact that made in my life. And we have had conversations as now I'm an adult and uh, she's an older adult. And, and she talked about seasons where, uh, a season where she actually took care of me for a couple of months. There was something going on in my family. And so she kind of feels like she's my second mom. And so during that season, she blessed me. She blessed me uh, in, the, in a great way. And, and the one toy that I got, that she brought for me, I almost feel like Mike, we're just not sure, did somebody hear me? Did somebody know what I wanted? And you may not be able to relate to this or even understand what I'm about to say. I really, really loved uh, the green and white Hess gasoline truck that I got. It had the on and off switch for the headlights. Uh, uh, it had all kinds of detailing. Some of you are like, what is Hess? If you've done any kind of travel, it's a gas station. And so the Hess truck was awesome. Other companies have similar things. You could put race cars in the back of it. It would open up. And, and uh, man, I'm bringing back some memories some, for some of you. I know I am. And, and listen, uh, the being poor didn't stop me from dreaming. Because every single year when the Toys R Us flyer got to my house, I felt that it was my very own Christmas wish list. In fact, I, I circled every single toy that I thought I would get if I could only get gifts to open up on a Christmas morning. It was my Christmas wish list. Anybody have a, a Christmas wish list? 
and it may be written and maybe unwritten. I know some of us, we feel like we get too old for that, and so we just uh, don't do it anymore. But uh, I almost guarantee you talk to younger children, and there's a wish list. There's something they want, and sometimes too much of something that they want. Well, for the next three weeks uh, leading up to Christmas, I'm going to be sharing uh, a series with you called My Christmas Wish List. Uh, we're going to focus on three of the words connected with the Christmas story, uh, love, joy, and hope. Uh, today we're going to kick it off with love, and so I'm going to ask you to stand. Would you stand with me uh, this morning in honor to, to the reading of the Word of God? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make up her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And while, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we uh, talk about the Christmas wish list this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and open our hearts to understand what Jesus really means during this holiday season. Uh, we know, like I said earlier, that there are many distractions all around us and uh, things that will try to take our attention off of the reason for the season. But Lord, I pray that in the next few weeks as we talk about our Christmas wish list that you would help us uh, to see Jesus in a, in a new light, God. Uh, that for some of us as uh, we begin to look deeper into the Christmas story and into the lives that we are living, that we would recognize where we are in our understanding in that revelation of Jesus and may this Christmas be the Christmas that we surrender all to Jesus. May this Christmas be the Christmas when we recognize Jesus not as a Lord but as my Lord, our Lord. And so Lord touch every life this morning in Jesus name God's people said Amen. You may be seated. So Christmas was an exciting time of year, and, and Joey, little Joey, was excited too. See, he was only 10 years old, and he was excited as any 10-year-old boy would be. For him, Christmas was still a wonder. 
He did all of the, the, the normal things that 10-year-olds do. He, he played ball. He rode his bike. He, he climbed up and down trees. He, he went fishing with his dad. He was a, a happy-go-lucky kid, and he just enjoyed life, every part of life. To him, life was full of wonder and amazement and Christmas was the most wonderful time of the year and so it was Christmas Eve and the, the ground was white with snow. I know some of us would wish that that's the only time we saw snow. Let's, just for Christmas, right? Like on a postcard. Let, let it appear and let it be gone. And just, just, yeah, like on TV, you know? Just be able to turn it on and turn it off. Not even feel the cold. And so the stars were bright that night, and they seemed so close that they, they, you would have thought that you could reach out and touch them with your hands. Now, Joey's family was on their way to his grandparents' house, and, and that was a family tradition. Joey could hardly wait. He was excited. And think about it, a 10-year-old, his, his mind is racing with ideas about what he might receive uh, this year and, and like what present might be under the tree for him tonight. I don't know what your uh, family traditions are, but in, in many Hispanic households, uh, we open a gift on Christmas Eve. And so some of you, you know what I'm talking about, uh, uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, that's what Joey was looking forward to. Every year, the family would gather, always a present under the tree for each person. The kids would even sneak peeks at the presents and find out where they were located. Uh, can, I, can we be honest this morning? Some of us adults do the same thing. We might play around and be like, you know, oh, no, that's for the kids. But we're just, every time we walk by, we, I see my tag, I see my name. That's kind of a big gift there, or that's rather dainty and small. Maybe, oh, who knows? But this year it was different. He didn't find, Joey didn't find his gift right away. He, even though he had searched all over the place, and how many of you know all of a sudden he, he's kind of feeling panicky. He, he began to worry because he couldn't find it, and, and then his eyes caught a big box in the corner of the room. It was a huge box. The biggest present Joey's 10-year-old eyes had ever seen. He slowly walked over to it, and, and sure enough, written on the tag were the letters J-O-E-Y. He was grinning from ear to, to ear. His eyes were wide with excitement. Grandpa always hands out the presents. He wasn't very fast this year especially seeming slow to Joey. And, and wouldn't you know it that Joey's name was the last one to be called. As soon as his name was called, Joey bolted up to Grandpa and said, is that really mine? Is, is that big present really mine? Grandpa reassured him it was. And as soon as he knew it was his, he, he tore open the package, paper going everywhere, tape being broken open. And, and what do you think that Joey found? Whatever you think that Joey found in that large box, it was the best present he had ever received. See, we all have ideas of what the, pe the best present is, don't we? 
We can all maybe picture it in our mind. What, like if you could have anything, what would be that one gift that if you could receive it on Christmas Eve or on Christmas morning, what would the best? I'm talking, say the best. One more time, say the best. What would the pre best present be for us? We, we can all maybe even picture it in our mind. It, it might even be on your wish list this year. But how do you measure the value of a present? How do you judge its worth? By its size? By its weight? By, do you judge it by, by its cost or perhaps by its usefulness? Now, listen, I know Christmas is a few weeks away, but this morning God has a present for each and every one of us. It's wrapped up. It has a big, beautiful bow on it. It's all set up in the corner. It's large, and it's got your name on the tag. 1 John 4, verses 9 through 11 says, this is how God showed his love for us. I insert, he gave us a present. Yes, God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about, not that not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. How do you measure the value of God's gift to you this morning? I would suggest three basic ways that, that we could measure the value of God's gift. Number one, God's gift is measured to you by its usefulness. Its usefulness. I mean, be serious this morning. Be, be truthful. Anybody here ever get a gift that you felt wasn't useful? And be careful if the person that gave it is in the room or maybe sitting next to you. <laughs> you might get yourself in trouble with that one. But uh, you, know, you don't want to be ungrateful. But I mean, seriously, you know, what happens sometimes with the gifts that we just don't value? Again, be careful what you say. Some of you might say re-gift. Anybody say re-gift? Or just kind of given or thrown away somehow. It kind of ends up in the can with the rubbish because it was just not useful. Some, some people say, no, absolutely not. I would never do that. What is the use usefulness of God's gift to us? A notice in verse 9, it said, so we might live. So we might live. God sent his son Jesus so we might live. Jesus said it this way, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Another translation says, I have come that they might have life, 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 and more life. Listen, if you've never experienced life in Jesus, if you're here this morning and you haven't made a personal connection with it, I can say with all certainty, with all confidence, I can say with all just a, a, a truth in my heart that Jesus, Jesus Christ is the best life you will ever receive and your life upon life upon life will never be the same. His gift is useful. 
that's a great promise for Christmas and for today, isn't it? Not just life, not, not just existence, not, not just getting by, but thriving. A life that means something, life that has worth, an abundant life that Jesus gives when we finally say, you know what, I've done it my own way. I've had, it my, I've had my own agenda. I've kind of made decisions all my life to lead me to where I am today. And in some cases, I'm happy, but for the most part, I feel like there's something missing. Ever feel that way? Like something's missing? not with the life that Jesus gives. See, that's life with real purpose, a life that has value, has been gifted to you and I, a life with real meaning, with eternal consequence and benefits. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 4, He, speaking of God, He chose us in Christ. He actually selected us for Himself as His own before the foundation of the world. So before the world was even created, you were chosen. You were chosen. And so, so that we would be holy, that is consecrated, set apart. God wanted to set you apart from the very beginning for him, purpose-driven and blameless in his sight. God has had a plan for your life that has been spelled out in the gift of Jesus Christ. And some of you, I don't know when you experienced it for the first time. I don't know when you for yourself had a revelation of who Jesus was, that he was more than just a religion, that he was more than just a church, that he was more than just a name in a book, but that we could have a personal, living, breathing, exciting, abundant life of living in the usefulness of God's gift, Jesus. Check it out, Joseph, Joseph on that first Christmas, he, he was hand-selected by God to be Mary's husband, to help raise Jesus. What a task. What an honor. The, the Savior of the world, it's just amazing. And yes, what an honor it must have been. But even more than that, the angel told Joseph that Jesus would also save his people from their sins. And so Joseph and Mary would also directly benefit from the gift of Jesus as Savior. Tell me that doesn't speak about the value of the gift that God was giving. This would all bring glory to God. You too were especially created. You were handcrafted by God. You were uniquely made and selected for a purpose contrary to maybe what some people have told you. You are not junk. You are not wasted. You are not just, uh, you know, just a, a person roaming here and there without purpose. You are loved by God. Selected for the purpose of bringing glory to God. You were selected for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Did you know that? See, your purpose here on earth is to live a life that magnifies the Lord, to encourage and support fellow Christians, to become more and more like Jesus Christ, to, to use your gifts and your talents in helping others to tell those who don't know uh, Jesus that this Christmas and every day, there's good news. Did you know that people still need good news? You can see it on their faces. 
And they might be shopping, they might have the lights on, they, they might even be singing the songs, but there's something missing. There's something missing. And they need good news. That's, that's a, a gift with, that's useful. It was useful when you discovered salvation through Jesus for yourself. And it's useful to others when you use your words and your life to help them discover the best gift that came wrapped in love. And His name is Jesus Christ. Fact. God's gift to you is measured by usefulness. But also, number two. God's gift to you is measured by its cost. Say cost. Christmas is going to cost us a little bit more this year. Some of you are like, a lot more. It, it, you know, it is happening. But how would you react to the gift of a million dollars? How would you, I mean, how would you feel about the gift of a million dollars? How about getting a, a gift worth a million? Would you, would you take care of it? Or would you just kind of throw it to the side? Would you really appreciate its value? Well, God gave his best and it cost him everything. I, I always like to say we need to give God our best because he gave us his best. See, God doesn't deserve our leftovers. He doesn't want the cheap stuff from us, stuff that doesn't cost us anything. He, he wants the best that you and I can give him. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Freddie? I know he's a God of grace and mercy, and of course he'll receive what you give him, but what he really wants is the best from you. 2 Samuel 24, 24 says, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. King David is saying there in that verse that if he was going to give a sacrifice to the Lord God, he was going to give God his very best, something of value, something that had great worth. Why would David say that? Because that's what God had done for him. That's what God has done for us. He's given us the most precious gift that he, he could possibly give, something that's one of a kind. He gave you and I, Jesus. God knew what had to be done. He knew the price that had to be paid. He knew what it was going to cost him. And he sent the best, even when you didn't deserve it. Even on your worst day. Even when nobody, nobody saw promise or a future in you. God sent you a gift wrapped in love. Very useful, very costly. His name is Jesus. <laughs> I can't help but to think of what Joseph must have thought as the angel told him what was about to happen. Jesus would be conceived by the Holy Spirit inside of Mary. And oh, by the way, God, thank you for explaining that because I was, I, you know, me and Mary, we haven't. And so I was kind of getting a little bit freaking out and, and trying to make a plan. And, but God had a plan. This was his plan. Jesus would be conceived by the Holy Spirit inside of Mary. God would become flesh and live among men. How can, you, how can you look at a manger scene and not think of the miracle that that is? How can you think about Jesus 
God, God in heaven, sent down to earth, born as a baby, one of us, a miracle. How can you think of that and dismiss it? How can you think of that and not realize the, the value, the cost, the usefulness in that God would become flesh, live among men. Jesus Christ was born as a child for the salvation of the world. Emmanuel, God with us. And if God gave that much for me and for you, what should we give him in return? Fact, God's gift is measured to us by its cost. And number three, we'll close with this. God's gift to you is measured by effectiveness. Listen, if I get a toaster for Christmas, I don't expect it to boil my toast. I want it to toast my toast. So, listen, if I get a coffee machine, a coffee maker, I expect it to make coffee. You know, and, and I'm not a coffee drinker, but I know that some of you that do, you're like, you know, and it better be piping hot. It better, oh, we're getting a new coffee maker. It's got to be hot. It's got to be, you know, I want my coffee. I want my coffee maker to be effective. And so the question that needs to be asked about God's gift is, is it effective? What, what does it do what God intended it to do? What is the love of God intended to do this morning in your life? Is it just intended to be a name that we call ourselves? I'm a Christian and nothing ever changes. Is, is the love of God intended to, to just make you a churchgoer and, and be hateful and mean and nasty when you're not here in the building? Is the love of God intended to just be a facade that people see you one way here and a different way out there? They call you names, a name, when you're not listening, hypocrite. See, God's love through Jesus Christ, it changed Joseph and Mary forever. Think about it. They, they got to interact with the Messiah firsthand and their lives were never, ever the same again. Some of you here this morning, you can testify of that. You met Jesus Christ and he changed your life. It has not been the same God's gift is effective in my life and in your life, but it's not a gift that we should hoard or keep to ourselves. But why? Because God is not done loving the world yet. He wants to keep loving the world through you and through me. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Worship team, you can make your way up. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and, and, lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the, in the house. Let your light so shine, say shine, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So does God's love change you? Does it affect your behavior? I hope it does. Does it affect how you treat people? It should. It should. 
You see, that's what love it was intended to do. It changed us. It should change us into loving, compassionate people who care for the needs of those around us. Remember, love is a verb. Again, God wants to love the world, but he has a desire to do it through you and through me. Are you willing to let God show his love through you today, this Christmas? You see, love isn't reserved for Valentine's Day and, and love isn't reserved for your flesh and blood family members only. It's not even reserved for people who think they deserve your love during this Christmas season. Listen, this is your challenge. During Christmas, how will God's love make the difference in your life and in the lives of others around you? See, His love is measured by its usefulness, its cost and its effectiveness. It definitely has great value. And so this Christmas, I keep love on my wish list. I want to encourage you to keep it on your wish list. It's highlighted. It's circled. It's underlined. I need to receive God's love every day for myself. I, I need to be ready to give God's love to everyone around me. This is how God showed his love for us. First John. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love one another. Stand to your feet. We must love, we must love, we must love. That's a great Christmas wish. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you this morning that we are a family that loves Jesus. We are a family that are, we are here for one another. We understand we go through ups and downs, uh, the roller coaster of emotions on this earth and in this flesh, but you are a God who loves us unconditionally. And you are a God who is wanting to, to open our eyes and to open our hearts to what you have. And so, Father, we just pray, God, that we would not be distracted. And, and we pray, Lord, that we would not be held in chains by the enemy to, to thoughts of the past or brokenness of the past. But that, Lord, this Christmas season would be fresh and, and that it would be new. And, and that, Lord, we would be renewed in our hearts and in our minds. And, and that, Lord, we would keep Jesus as the central emphasis that he is the gift. He is the reason. He is the love of our lives. And we are his. Touch every life. Help us to share that love. In Jesus' name, amen.